0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We are covering a new book today. We're doing chapter one of The Half-Blood Prince, The Other Minister. Molly is with us today. Everyone. Molly, you're opening a book for the first time. How do you I feel? I
1: know. Oh, I'm super stoked for this.
0: You said that this was one of your favorite books, yes?
1: Oh, yes. It, it's my favorite book. Whew. Big words. I know.
0: We're going to get into all of that later, but I'm very intrigued because I have different opinions. Just <laughs> have a quick shout out really quickly. Uh, we got a comment from Mabel on our Order of the Phoenix Chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. She goes, uh, I think the only person to blame for his death, Sirius's death, is Bellatrix or J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Anyway, yes, different actions could have saved him, but death is cruel and oftentimes has no reason. Obviously, Bellatrix should get probably the majority of the blame because she's the one that actually did kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that does kind of go without saying. That's from the debate that we had about who should get more blame, Harry or Albus. And um, she's saying Bellatrix because she actually pulled the trigger on that.
1: I like that comment, Mabel, because it really is true. Joth is cruel and oftentimes doesn't have a reason. Uh,
0: Thank you for the comment, Mabel. And anybody else that wants to have their comment read, uh, please leave the comment on Spotify or shoot us a, a tweet or comment on our Instagram, and we'll try to get you on here. Hopefully you like the new intro and break sound, by the way. The break sound coming up, I promise, is wonderful.
1: Hands down my favorite break sound ever. I
0: really enjoy it. But we hope you enjoy the new intro as well. Um, I really liked uh, kind of the flow, especially of the first quote. I loved it. So uh, thank you to our, our friend Andy for putting that together. Thank you. So you might hear more from him later. We have this chapter, and this chapter is essentially a conversation being had in the prime minister's office not the minister of magic the prime minister uh, who refers to the minister of magic as the other minister so there's a lot going on here we ha- have fudge having a conversation with the prime minister we get a prime minister flashback to his first day on the job and meeting fudge for the first time and then we, we get subsequent visits by fudge with more and more alarming news. And then we learn that Fudge has a new position. Yes, he does. So we'll get we'll get all to it. You start out with the Prime Minister kind of reflecting on some political challenges that he's facing in the last week or so.
1: He's had a rough go.
0: He's had a really rough time. Murders, odd chilly weather in July, mm-hmm. bridge collapsing, and a potential hurricane. <laughs> That's a lot in, like, a week.
1: That's a lot.
0: And he's getting, like, ads in the paper being like, oh, this is all the government's fault, and if we had more police, this wouldn't have happened, and if we had, you know, your typical political attacks. And then all of a sudden, a portrait addresses him. Could you imagine just being like, okay, I have to figure out these murders, what's going on with this, like, weird climate change? (laughs) And a bridge collapsed, and all of my experts can't do it, and now a portrait is talking to me.
1: I'd be a little, like, unnerved. I'd be like, all right, am I losing my mind? I'd
0: feel like I was overworked a little bit.
1: Yeah. He already has had a horrible week, and he knows that this isn't going to be any better news for him.
0: Well, he also says, like, he's waiting on a call from a president of another country. Yeah. And the portrait's like, the minister of magic would like to speak with you. Reply. Please reply immediately. And he's like, hey, you know, I have another call with the president, mm-hmm. you know, another head of state. Can can we delay this? Can we put this off? And the portrait goes, we can arrange for the president to forget to call. <laughs> I'm sorry, what?
1: Yeah.
0: How many governments are you meddling in? Mm-hmm. Like, do they place a call at another Ministry of Magic and we're like, hey, we need this done. Can you figure this out? Yeah. What kind of spy network do wizards have? Do
1: they, Yeah. Or, or, like, the embassy. Like, or do they have wizard embassies? Like, they, hit you know, reach out. Who knows?
0: And are they just cool, like, getting a call from another country and being like, hey, we need your president to forget something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. We got this. Well, we're on it. Like, are they just cool yeah. with that?
1: I guess so. I mean.
0: Or does it work like the real world where some magical governments are not cool with other magical governments, but they have alliances with others?
1: That, that, that's a good question. I would assume so.
0: You know, like, is there is there a government you can't call and be like, oh, we can't really get that president right. to forget. They, they won't accept that phone call. That,
1: yeah, that's, I mean, I would have to say that that's the case.
0: I'm going to jump out on a limb and say this president is from the United States.
1: It, that's what they make it sound like when you're reading it. Like, I I don't know. I thought it was the president of the United States.
0: I'm assuming. And then you can assume that the Ministry of Magic in England has a pretty good relationship with the Ministry of Magic in the North America, United States. Right. I would so they could pull that off?
1: Yeah, I would assume.
0: But then you still have to have wizards and magic people in high-ranking positions in the government (laughs) or secret service yeah i just end up with more questions but anyway (laughs) fudge enters the room via fireplace which uh you know he tries not to react with surprise but i mean you are not used to a man walking out of a fireplace i'm sure you have some level of shock
1: yeah he's just trying to play like he at least is cool common and yes. at certain points. Like, he doesn't want to be caught off guard.
0: Yeah, he's, he's playing yeah. that political game of, even if I don't know the answer, I have to f- at least fake that I know it, or right. show confidence in my ignorance. Exactly. If that makes sense. Right.
1: Uh,
0: he does notice, though, that Fudge looks very thin, worn down, a little bit balder, a little bit more stressed looking than he has in the past. And he almost feels like... He mentions that he almost feels a sense of pity for him. Yeah. Like, as a head of state, talking with another head of state, he's like, oh, this is bad for you. Like, this is not good for you.
1: (laughs) You do not look well.
0: Something is going very, very wrong. (laughs) Fudge mentions that um, nothing that he thinks is happening is happening. Uh, The murders were of witches, Amelia Bones and Emmeline Vance. He mentions that the hurricane was really a bunch of death eaters maybe a giant
1: yeah.
0: he mentions that the the bridge collapse the bridge collapse is crazy to me cuz he's like the bridge collapse happened because Voldy tried to extort Fudge and was like step down or i will do mass murder and fudge didn't step down thus bridge collapsed and cars in the water. And the Prime Minister's like, wait, you're responsible for that? That's your fault? And Fudge is like, I'm sorry. Are you going to just, like, give in <laughs> to, like, terrorist demands? Like, exactly. And he's like, well, I guess not. But still, like, what, the, what am I supposed to do here?
1: I'm answering these questions because of you. But at the same time, too, like, put yourself in his position.
0: Yeah, Fudge is not in a great position. No. I don't want to say completely of his own making, somewhat of his own making
1: yeah it's hard like you feel bad for him but at the same time too reflecting back on the last book you don't feel so bad for him like it's a weird kind of like push and pull especially if some time has gone by between those reads like just coming fresh off of order of the phoenix you're gonna like whatever fudge but at the same time too you're like I feel bad for you, man.
0: I think things that he could have done differently, he could have probably tried to lock down Azkaban a little bit more and try to really keep Dementors on his side (laughs) and not have the mass breakout, because that's really what, I think, turned the tide against him. Yeah. Um, He even mentions, and I want to get your take on this, Fudge mentions that Voldy's not so bad if he doesn't have support. Ooh. Like, he points to the breakout of Azkaban is like, we're fine. Even if Voldy does come back, I think we could deal with it. But if he gets support again, then we're in trouble.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I think it... That's a tough question because I think Voldy is just such a powerful person and wizard and person in the sense that he's very good at manipulating people. I mean, I think he's pretty dangerous.
0: He has a knack for recruitment, either with the uh, verbal persuasion, naturally. Right. Um, Just his charisma in general has a knack for recruitment. And, you know, the forced recruitment in various ways. Right. Um, Whether it's spell-based or (laughs) threat-based,
1: He's not afraid to get people to follow him in any means possible.
0: That last scene in the in the Ministry of Magic, where Voldy is possessing Harry, yeah, and you all of not all of a lot of his Death Eaters are wrangled up downstairs. He doesn't have support. Bellatrix is under a massive statue; she can't really support. You have. Dumbledore and the entire Ministry of Magic coming in. And he's like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Like, I I think I'm going to call a timeout and I'm going to get out of here. Instead of trying to fight everybody. So I think that's maybe what fudge is going on is like, if we can isolate him alone, he's not so bad. But when it's him and a legion of followers that are now causing hurricanes in this part of the country... And a bridge collapse in this part of the country, and murders over here and over there. It's like, what are we supposed to do with that?
1: Right. But, I mean, isn't that, like, every horrible dictator person? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
0: It's just interesting to hear Fudge be like, I think Voldy's not so bad. He's not that dangerous. Yeah. Unless he has support. Yeah. Which is just an interesting quote from him.
1: Oh, for sure. But, Uh, yeah, I think... I mean, I still think that Voldy, in his own right, is a pretty dang powerful wizard. So, I mean, it just makes it ten times worse with followers.
0: Fudge does refer to that multiple times as, like, he's the most powerful dark wizard potentially ever. And he might be the most powerfully magic person on the planet right now. Like, he references that, like, two or three times in this chapter. of Just, like, he's a big deal. Yeah. He's a problem. (laughs) So... Um, yeah. As much as the minister loves to hear all this doom and gloom, he tried to remove the painting (laughs) way back when, after his first encounter with Fudge, did not go well, despite, like, all of the experts that he brought in to try to remove this thing. Couldn't do it. I wonder how
1: many prime ministers prior to him tried to do that.
0: Probably uh, every single one of them, I would imagine. He says... Why haven't I heard anything about this from my predecessors? Right. And Fudge is like, would you? <laughs>
1: would you look crazy? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, if I was a predecessor, I'd be like, you just wait. <laughs> like, you just wait. Yeah. Some weird stuff's about to happen. Right. Okay. We also, really quick, while well, he's running down the list of things Fudge has visited him for over the last several years. Because Fudge always finishes every discussion with him with like, this will be the last time you see me. This will be the last time you see me. This is it. And then every time it gets worse and worse. But I love the part where he, Fudge visits him about uh, Black escaping from Azkaban. Mm -hmm. And we get the official pronunciation of Sirius Black. Because he's, like, quote, literally the word Sirius. Because I know there's been some debate. Well, there's been debate on many a name in Harry Potter throughout the... Yeah. Throughout the you know, years and pages. But, uh, yeah, we get that quote-unquote serious black um, mention, which is always good. Kind of like the Hermione, like, reference of, like, her, my, oh, knee. Got it. He does mention that Azkaban is in the middle of the North Sea. He mentions it's, like, a heck of a flight out there. Like, it's a struggle. And the North Sea, for people that don't know, is between the United Kingdom, Denmark, and Norway, mm-hmm. and I guess the Netherlands. It's like right above, like in the middle of all of that. I can imagine it gets turbulent at times.
1: Probably not so, such nice weather.
0: Probably not. I can imagine it can get kind of rough, but especially if it's around, you know, a, a large number of Dementors are inhabiting it. If it's cold and chilly in July, I can only imagine... What a bunch of them in one place in the middle of a northern sea would be.
1: There's not many people on cruises sunbathing there.
0: Probably not. <laughs> uh, he also came to talk to him about the Quidditch World Cup and the Triwizard Tournament. And I love the bit about, um, yeah, we're we're actually uh, importing three dragons and a sphinx. I'm sorry, you're importing dragons, three of them, and a sphinx. Yes.
1: Oh, That's okay. cool.
0: Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And then just like walks out. Like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. He's like, just a technicality by law, I'm supposed to let you know that we're importing dangerous creatures. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> and then the mass breakout from Azkaban uh, yeah. later, which is just great.
1: Which, in that rate, I can understand why the prime minister is just like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> what are you like, talking down to me?
0: As a head of state, you got to be like, this guy is completely incompetent.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, this is a lot of major groundbreaking things happening on your watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are you doing over there? Right. And it's also my country. So what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> like,
1: exactly.
0: what the heck is going on?
1: Like, get your stuff together, man.
0: So Fudge does let him know that Voldy is officially back. And... The Prime Minister remembers, like, hey, wasn't Sirius Black uh, a follower of his? Did you ever catch him? And then Fudge is like, okay, well, he's dead.
1: about that?
0: He was also innocent. There's actually an inquiry about this. It's not great for me. He didn't say that it's not great for me, Bart, but it's implied. Not yeah. great for me. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing about some of these events that have happened, the bridge and the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Fudge mentions that, you know, Death Eaters and a possible giant caused a lot of the damage from the thought-to-be hurricane, he says, the Office of Misinformation is already on it. I'm sorry, there's a government organization (laughs) with the title Office of Misinformation. (laughs) That seems sketchy right off the bat.
1: Very sketchy.
0: So that just caught me as like, I can't believe there's an official government position. Yeah. For the Office of Misinformation.
1: It makes it sound like the wizards are very... um... Sketchy? Yeah. Well, and then, (laughs) too, you think about Hogwarts with how fast information travels, and then, like, how inaccurate. Like, it's like a game of telephone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very true.
1: (laughs) That, like, all the wizards are like that, so...
0: I guess this is where the Obliviators come from. Possibly. The Office of Misinformation, so they, like smooth over any issues, and you're like, statute of secrecy people are probably here. Yeah. We yeah. learned that Amelia Bones was um, the head of magical law enforcement, and she was possibly killed by Voldy himself, which is quite, quite a move. Mm-hmm. And from the looks of the house, she supposedly put up quite a fight. He called her a particularly talented witch particularly gifted witch. Yeah. What do you think Voldy's thought process is in this? Because he threatens Fudge, and I don't know how he exactly gets that threat to Fudge. Like, is it through a messenger of sorts, or does he do something that causes a message and leaves it there? Do you think he sends him a howler?
1: Yeah, I think he sends him a howler. Well, his
0: prime crafter is in Azkaban right now, so he can't... That very true. It's not like he could send a A
1: collage. Collage. Yeah. Vision board.
0: I guess you know. Well, there's no Dementors in Azkaban. Could Lucius no. be collaging in prison?
1: You know what? They probably let him do that. Arts as... and crafts time. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's it's a softer Azkaban than it used to be. It
1: is, yeah. So they
0: probably have like outdoor activities and in,
1: in craft time and
0: yoga. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they play like bocce ball or. Oh yeah.
1: Um, pickleball. Yeah. Or
0: pickleball yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: totally. in between
0: water aerobics and crafting is when Lucius probably gets this message. No, um, so Uh. (laughs) he gets, uh, this message to fudge and then he takes it upon himself. Do you think it's because he doesn't, do you think it's because a, he doesn't trust any of his death eaters to be able to take down the head of magical law enforcement? Do you think it's because some of his, go-to Death Eaters for that particular task are currently in Azkaban? Or do you think he's like, nope, I just got to do this myself. I got to send a message.
1: Um, I think part of it is what just happened at the ministry, where, like, all these Death Eaters got their butt kicked by a bunch of kids and (laughs) the Order. So I'm sure part of him is just, like, incredibly angry. Plus, I mean, Voldemort doesn't really seem like, you know, a very zen um, forgiving man, so no, he might not. need to get some rage out, so I think that um, the way Voldy handles that is not necessarily through the same as Lucius with Arts and Crafts time. <laughs> I think Voldy's failing some murder.
0: Fair fair enough, fair enough. So. I I feel like it's the Emperor in Star Wars, where it's like, he doesn't often... Yeah. get to do his dirty work, but when he does, he does it gleefully because he's yes. like, oh, I get to like actually get out and stretch a little bit. I get exactly. to show off what I got.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think some of the Death Eaters that he'd probably normally send to do this are currently still in Azkaban. Yeah. I'm thinking like the Dolohovs and McNairs of the world.
1: I'm sure that's a part of it
0: too. And, and uh, well, I guess he's still got Bellatrix because Bellatrix is free.
1: Yeah.
0: But he's probably, like you said, Probably not exactly happy with Bellatrix at the moment. No. So maybe he's just like, you know what? I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. I'll do it myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. I think he's trying to stretch his legs a little bit, blow off some steam. Probably. The way Voldy knows how.
0: And he's probably—it's still a little bit of a flex on his part to be like, "Oh, I know she's a gifted witch. I know she's got a high position in specifically law enforcement. If you had any doubts that I could still get this done, let me go prove it." Right. Exactly. So. so, but after that uh, lovely discussion between the two ministers, we learn that Fudge has been sacked. He's. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the prime minister's like, "Wow, you've had it. You've had it really rough. Like, are you in trouble?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? I, I was gone three days ago. Like, <laughs> the most united the Wizarding world has ever been has been like, I should get out of this position.
1: <laughs> I, he needs to leave. Yeah." <laughs>
0: Uh, we might have some differences but we think he needs to go. Yeah. Um so he's stepped down, he has been sacked. And Rufus, I I am so sorry that I'm probably going to mess up this name so often. I'm going to go with Scrimgore, Scrimjor, Scrimjor. Rufus. Rufus is <laughs> Rufus is the new Minister of Magic. They say he looks like an old lion. Yeah. Tough, shrewd. He he goes I don't blame them for picking him as the guy to succeed Fudge. He seems like the guy I would pick.
1: Very gruff, very just like, let's get business done.
0: Yeah, the exact opposite Mm -hmm. of what Fudge is. Fudge is like your more typical politician, a little on the slimy side, and you kind of get that vibe, Yeah, but more of like likes to look good, likes to show off a little bit.
1: Keep up his appearance.
0: Rufus is like, I'm all about business. Nope. Let's do this. Yep. We got a job to do. Let's do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very blunt. Very blunt. He's like, I don't have time for this. Let's just get to, right down. Did, did Fudge tell you everything? He's right. my new advisor, by the way. Right. Which I have a point about later. My boy, Rufus, is telling the <laughs> prime minister that we need to protect you. So we're going to shift some of your, your people around you. And he's like, what are you talking about? I love my security. Everybody around me is great. I'm fine with that. And then he goes, well, Kingsley Shacklebolt. No, Kingsley's got to stay. I love Kingsley. Well, yeah, because he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Like, we placed him there. Right. You just said you were cool with it. Well, yeah, well, he's just got to stay pr- productive, and, and, <laughs> and then I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, he's getting the work done at, like, three times the rate as anybody else. He's the like, best man. Yeah, because he's using magic. Um, so, Kingsley Shacklebolt. Yeah. Order, Also, secretary. Yeah, your guy. <laughs> Do you think you'd like this job if you were Kingsley? No. No? That's
1: probably why he's using magic to get most of the work done.
0: Well, I mean, there's (laughs) that, yeah.
1: You know, like, he's probably wanting to get in and out of there so that he can deal with what is actually going on in the wizarding world. Do you
0: think he gets chided by the other Aurors? Like, dude, you're pushing paper.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think so. Because I think Kingsley is a force to be reckoned with. That's true. That's, yeah. I I don't think anyone's going to
0: mess with Kingsley. I mean, Rufus himself said, like, this dude's a highly talented or. Yeah. And honestly, if you're like, oh, dude, you're a secretary now. Ha ha ha. Well, he's a secretary guarding a head of state. Right. And clearly he's already had to do stuff because Herbert Chorley, the junior minister, has apparently been put under a poor (laughs) imperious curse. I think this might be a new recruit.
1: A new recruit.
0: I think this might be a newer recruit of, like, he's not as practiced in the Unforgivable Curses. Okay. And yeah. this was, like, his first attempt at one, <laughs> and it didn't go so well. I don't know who the new recruit is, but I feel like it's a newer recruit.
1: Okay.
0: Granted, I will give you, I think there's some Death Eaters that are very comfortable with certain spells.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so if you yeah. want to bring up Dolohov. He might not be particularly great at Imperious Curse, but he's real good at killing you. He is. <laughs> so it'd be like, you know, which which death are you using for what yeah. thing? So there's probably some specialties in there. Yeah. But this if it was a poorly enacted one, I, I'm <laughs> betting it's a new recruit yeah. that's like, hey, do this. Prove prove yourself. Right. And it didn't go great. because um, he's a little little nuts. Yeah. But
1: he likes to think he's a duck.
0: And then they tried to get him into St. Mungo's, and he tried to strangle three healers. So they're like, yeah, we're going to remove him from society for just a little bit and try to, <laughs> try to fix brain. that. <laughs> um, we do find out that Fudge is the now the advisor of Rufus, and I'm wondering about that. I'm wondering, like, is it because Rufus is really good at the getting down to business part of it, but he's not good at the politics of it? So is it like him advising him on PR and politics or how the ministry works on the governmental level?
1: That I don't know, because it doesn't seem like Rufus is really concerned with that, with his gruffness. I think it's more or less Fudge is still around because he has been in office for a while and he knows the happenings.
0: Just like a purely transitional.
1: Yeah. And also, too, I'm sure there's a part of Scrimjaw where he's like, I want to keep him close to me. So that almost like
0: he knows too much. So right. I got to keep him close.
1: Got to keep him close. Interesting. Then, you know, you also got to worry about him getting taken by Death Eaters. And knowing and, you know, and having um, the
0: ins and outs of the In... ministry and exactly. stuff like that. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. We don't know much about Rufus's background at this point. No. Um, So obviously we haven't heard of him until right now. So it's like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's very well that like the ministry in general wanted to keep Fudge around just for the fact that maybe it it is because Rufus is so rough around the edges. But I don't don't know how much he, he really cares about that.
0: I don't know that I don't, I get the feeling that Rufus tolerates Fudge, mm-hmm. but he doesn't trust him as far as he can throw him. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Right. But maybe you kind of need someone because if you're so like a if you're such a straight shooter, yeah, maybe you need someone that can like finagle around some yeah. stuff and wiggle around some things. He
1: kind of reminds me like he he's like cut from the same cloth as Moody.
0: He, here's a question for you. Rufus mentions that he's tried to reach out to Dumbledore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: or he was reaching out. The reason he was delayed to this meeting was he was writing to Dumbledore. And Fudge was like, huh, good luck with that. I've been writing to him, like, multiple times a day for, like, two weeks, and I've heard nothing. Do you think that's good by Albus? Or do you think that's a misstep?
1: That's a good question.
0: Speaking of not trusting Fudge as far as you can throw him, obviously Dumbledore does not.
1: Yeah. For the most part, Dumbledore tries to stay out of, like, the politics and the powerful positions in general so i think he's just kind of avoiding that plus too i mean the history of what fudge did to harry (laughs) and all of that you know in the previous book he's probably like dude i'm done
0: i just get the feeling like he tried to get fudge on his side at the end of goblet of fire and that backfired but he knew the importance of having the ministry of magic united with potentially the order of the phoenix or whatever Or just him, Dumbledore and the Ministry of Magic united. Right. But now, if he's ignoring Fudge, and I don't know if this is the first attempt Rufus has tried to get in contact with Dumbledore, or if it's the 15th, but if he's also ignoring Rufus, now you're getting a divide between the two. And I get that you have Kingsley as an option on the inside, and presumably Tonks is better now, and back to her aura activities. But And you have Moody, who worked for the ministry for a long, long time. So I get that you have those tertiary connections. And you have Arthur, who's working in the ministry. So you have those tertiary, but you don't have that like high up, like, what are your goals? What are your motivations here?
1: Yeah, the other thing I'm thinking of, too, is just, like, we don't know how infiltrated the ministry is with Death Eaters at this point. You got to so, assume
0: that Voldy's making those moves, yeah.
1: Right. So is Dumbledore just keeping his cards, his cards close to his chest and just not interfering and in giving information to those people because of the potential?
0: He doesn't you know, know who to trust. Exactly. So do you th- well, here's the other thing. Do you, so Voldy wanted Fudge to resign or step down. Is that because he had people that he wanted to put in already at the ministry? Or is he going to make a move at that point to take control of whoever gets that position? Because honestly, if I'm Boldy, I kind of want Fudge to stay. Fudge being in power has worked well for him so far. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, or is it like, well, okay, now Fudge knows I'm away. So now he'll be a little bit more competent. And he knows how the ministry works, so maybe he should step down. Like, I don't know what Voldy's thinking is there, like what his strategy is. No. I would assume he'd like to try to create a vacuum that he can then fill. Right. In some way, shape, or form.
1: Right. Whether
0: he has someone there now or he has things in place to get control over that person that takes that spot. But it's just an odd thing. Like, if you're Voldy, I'm like, oh, I was cool with Fudge. Right. <laughs> Fudge right. was helping me.
1: Right. Yeah. Interesting question.
0: I, I would assume Voldy knows a fool when he sees one.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, he can manipulate Fudge without even having to actually right. physically manipulate him, you know?
1: Yeah. Same time, too, though, that, like, Fudge, down deep down, is, like, a good person, you know? He's not really looking... To have Voldy take over, and there's got to be some kind of redeeming quality <laughs> that Fudge is not going to, I mean, I don't know. I wanna th- do okay. you know. what I'm
0: trying to say? Yeah, I do. I, I want to say Fudge, from what we see of Fudge as readers, and we've talked about, like, in previous episodes, his motivations for the decisions that he's made. Right. And how they can be viewed as reasonable. Mm -hmm. given his point of view on the situation right, Uh, as a head of state and not wanting to cause panic amongst the people. And like, Hey, we need proof before we just like spurt out a bunch of stuff. Like, I get it. We see fudge in these five (laughs) books as uh, we view him from the perspective of, Oh, he's a bumbling idiot. Right. He can't be because he rose to the position of minister of magic. Exactly, he's got to be a smart, shrewd politician slash wizard.
1: Mm-hmm. You would hope. to
0: get to that position in the first place, right? So, you—he's got something there, yeah. Um, that clearly Dumbledore thought was valuable because he tried to get him on board at Goblet of Fire, right? So, I don't think Fudge is a complete bumbling idiot. Right. We've just seen it from a view
1: <laughs> that, he that he is. is yeah.
0: So I don't know. I don't know if Voldy, you know, views him as an asset. Right. Or views him as a threat.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is we gotta look back at the whole bridge scenario, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Like,
1: he wasn't gonna back down and step aside.
0: Right. So maybe he's a threat at that point. If right. he's willing to stand against Voldy, exactly. then you're a threat to me. So, and I I think that's a good point that you bring up. I think we should look at how Fudge treated that. Yeah. And then, you know, he called Voldy's bluff.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, that in itself could be a mistake because how often does that man bluff? Exactly. Probably not often. Right. He's willing to back up whatever bet he makes. So,
1: it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because it's like such a just love hate, like, not. He's been. It's a like hate relationship.
0: Let's not forget that, you know, we, again, even in this chapter, it makes Fudge look very incompetent when he's running through all of the things that have gone wrong on his watch.
1: Exactly. But
0: there have been a lot of crazy things that have gone wrong on his watch, not all of which are his fault. Exactly. There's a larger game at play.
1: Exactly. And then you kind of can relate it to the current prime minister who has all these things going wrong.
0: Completely not his fault.
1: Completely not his fault.
0: But he's going to take the blame for it.
1: Exactly. So it's like, I don't know,
0: politics is a weird thing. It's an unfair gig, but that's the gig you signed up for. Yeah. And everybody's going to look to you for answers, and you best have one. Otherwise, it's going to be your head on the chopping block. So that's the nature of the position.
1: Yeah.
0: Congratulations, Fudge.
1: Exactly.
0: And now it's Rufus's job. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now he's got to deal with it. I did like, uh, just to wrap up the chapter really quick, I did like how the prime minister was like, you guys have magic. You should be able to fix everything. <laughs> right. And then they just, <laughs> Rufus and Fudge look at each other. I, I just get the image of like Rufus was like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And Fudge was like, that's great. Except they also have magic. The other side has magic too. To wrap up the non-spoiler, I, we're going to get more into um, Molly's thoughts about ha- Half-Blood Prince um, and why she loves Half-Blood Prince so much in the spoiler section. But really quick, uh, I do remember, and I've told a little bit of this story um, in previous chapters, where obviously I got was late to the party on Order of the Phoenix, so I came back into the Harry Potter fold with Order of the Phoenix, and I loved Order of the Phoenix because it, again, it, it reignited my love of Harry Potter, and I was like, oh, I wonder when the next book's coming out. So I looked it up, and Half Blood Prince came out a week after I finished Order of the Phoenix. Oh, man. That's how late I was to the process. So you mentioned, like, oh, there was a big gap. Not to me there wasn't. Right. I rolled right into Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. And here's my mini hot take that you might not like. Oh, boy. I rolled out of Order of the Phoenix and into Half-Blood Prince, and on my first read, this is one of the few times where I very much remember what my first read reaction was like.
1: Yeah.
0: I did not like this chapter. So much so that, dare I say, I was bored by it. I was bored by this chapter. Uh, And part of that is a couple of reasons. One, um, I came off of Order of the Phoenix, where literally the last few chapters I read was a war breaking out. And the first chapter of Order of the Phoenix, which is what helped springboard me into the fascination again, was Dudley and Harry getting attacked by Dementors. It was a exciting, action-packed first chapter. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, this is really interesting. And then, like, I was intrigued throughout the entire book of Order of the Phoenix. And then I get to this first chapter, I'm like, this is slow, this is boring, it's politics, blah, 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 blah. Not a fan my first read. However, subsequent subsequent reads (laughs) go on, and I have grown to actually appreciate this chapter a lot more. I think it's actually a very fascinating chapter. I think it... I think there's some really cool things that are dropped in here. Like I said, the wizards meddling in foreign governments <laughs> is stunning to me. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like meeting Rufus for the first time. Uh, Kingsley, I'd, I've grown to love Kingsley as a character and the idea that he's there watching.
1: You're, King, you're Kingsley's fanboy.
0: I really am. I love Kingsley you Shacklebolt. I, I really, really like him as an Auror, So do um, you have
1: a collage of Kingsley?
0: I should. You should. I should. We can we can get that on the Instagram sometime soon. Please. So the idea of him being a glorified <laughs> secretary is fantastic. But I also, like I said, love the idea of him watching over the most powerful man on the Mongol side of things in that world, mm-hmm. um, in that country, which is great. So there's some things that jumped out to me on the subsequent reason. I'm like, actually, this is a really fascinating chapter and I really enjoy it. I don't it's not my favorite opening chapter to the yeah. series. But it's much better than I originally gave it credit for.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's similar too. I to, you know a lot of people said like the first chapter of um, Gobble of Fire was really slow and hard to read, right? Mm-hmm. So we come off of book three with all of that excitement and serious being alive and all of that go into a more mundane type of slow start. Yeah. I think it's very similar where if, You you come off of Order of the Phoenix with all of that excitement and all that action. I mean, that book is so Mm action-packed right from the start. I could totally understand coming into this first chapter and being like, what the heck? This is
0: a slowdown.
1: Yeah. And because I had to wait, you know, I jumped right into this. And I was okay with it because I had some time in between.
0: Yeah. So I I will give the the first chapters of four five and now six I think are really interesting first chapters and I like them a lot more
1: <laughs>
0: um, because they're something different they are they, they're a little different vibe uh, obviously in um, four you get the the scene at the riddle house
1: mm-hmm.
0: five you're at Privet Drive, or around Privet Drive, little winging, uh, wing ding, wing, wing, winging, winging, winging,
1: winging.
0: You're in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but something <laughs> happens at the neighborhood, like action happens, and then here you're in the Prime Minister's office, and you're getting a behind-the-scenes look at how government works, and that's great. Whereas the first three, I would take those three chapters, a hundred percent over. Harry was hot under a bush in front of <laughs>
1: Harry was Privet a very Drive. Boy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And and then it's just a chapter of him being stuck in a house. Yeah. Being miserable. Like, I would take these last three first chapters over, like, the first two or three. Yeah. Hands down, every every 100%. time.
1: 100%. When I was reading it now, all I kept thinking about was Winston Churchill and his... Oh, okay. His, his reaction to, like, the Minister of Magic showing up, especially, too, during, like when Winston Churchill was prime minister, <laughs> yeah. like what that would have been like. I really want like a, like spin-off side series. Oh, that'd be Not cool. Not like a side series, but like a little, a little, a little book on that.
0: That'd be really cool. Actually, Churchill would probably think he's drunk.
1: Probably.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I've had a little too much tonight, I guess. Um, Cause Churchill would have been an interesting time. Because World War II would be, if we're going to the Fantastic Beast series,
1: yeah.
0: it would be around that Dumbledore, Grindelwald-ish time. So Churchill would have been a factor because he was, between World War One and World War II, he was obviously very active in, in British politics. So that would have been right in his wheelhouse of yeah. like, hey, there's some weird stuff going on. Then he steps into the office and is like, uh, yeah, what?
1: Exactly. I just want to see that whole thing take place. I just picture him sitting there with with a cigar. Yeah. Just like, what is happening right now? I don't <laughs>
0: know. Maybe you offer him a drink like Fudge offered this guy. And he's like, okay, yeah, let's sure. have a talk. Let's right. have a chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I don't know. But I, yeah. I do like that idea of like real heads of state being like, uh, what? So does that mean like the president of the United States gets the same thing from the?
1: God, I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a real interesting thing too. I really hope so. Oh man, that would be that that'd be interesting. Yeah. We will pause it here, and we will get to a new break sound. Yes. We hope you enjoy this new break sound. We'll be right back. Before we get to our break sound, I'd like to acknowledge our friend, Andy, who helps us produce our intros and our break sounds. If you want to hear more of Andy's work and like Formula One Racing, check out the Outlap F1 podcast. It's your one-stop shop for Formula One news, insights, race previews, and reviews. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, and they even have a YouTube page. So check out Andy, Cody, John, James, and Deanna, and join them. On the outlet, Where is he? My all right. So we are back with the spoiler section after our brand new break sound, Molly. I know you love that.
1: Break oh sound. my god, it's my favorite! Wan,
0: wan. I love it. Uh, absolutely. I did not have Lavender Brown getting a quote on our podcast, but there you have it. Yep, it just works so so well.
1: You know how much I love the love that is sparked in
0: all of these. You love the songs. love.
1: I love the love.
0: There you go. Yep. One one. <laughs> um, oh, I do love that break. Uh so some spoilers uh really quick before we get to Molly's deep, deep love of <laughs> Blood Prince. Um we do get a mention from Fudge that he has spoken with Albus, or when he did speak with Albus, uh Albus was kind of vague on some details, and specifically he mentioned like, oh, Voldy can't exactly be killed, but he didn't really elaborate on that? Um, I think it, I think he didn't elaborate on it. Because I don't think he had fully formed or hadn't confirmed the Horcrux thing yet. He's yeah. just suspecting that that's a thing. Uh, also, he, I can't give out the whole plan, right? Exactly. I mean, again, I think Dumbledore doesn't think much of Fudge. But I also think he's aware that Fudge isn't exactly an idiot either. Like, if he did lay out a full plan, Fudge might actually decide to go do something about it or look more into it. If that was the case, it might interrupt some of what Dumbledore had going on. So, I mean, you know, say what you want about Fudge. I just I, I just don't think he's a complete idiot.
1: Plus, too, it's like, I mean, that's the biggest secret without Like you said, Dumbledore is just willy-nilly willing to give that away. Not to mention, I mean, Harry doesn't even fully know.
0: Harry doesn't know yet, and honestly, it seems as though none of the Order of the Phoenix ever actually finds out this game plan either until, like, the very, very end. Like, McGonagall, of all people, was like, Harry, what do you need? Oh, there's something in the castle. Okay, we'll give you time. Like, not elaborated on. It seemed to catch McGonagall a little off guard. And if McGonagall doesn't know...
1: No one really I knows.
0: can't imagine anybody else would. Yeah. So, uh, it, he seemed to keep that secret very close. Yeah. And I think it's because he had a plan for how to actually execute his end Voldy plan. Right. And he didn't want anybody potentially getting in the way and, and screwing that up. And the way you screw it up is... If you go for one and you miss.
1: It's a big mess.
0: Now he might become aware that you're going for them. And he might change the whole game plan. He might shift them. Like move them around. Change protections. Up the protections. And even Dumbledore has said like. yeah, He might be better than me.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I. Even my protections aren't going to hold forever against him. Like we need something in his weak spot. Yeah, specifically like just strength of magic ain't going to get it done.
1: Well, especially, too, if this is right after Dumbledore had the hand injury from the Horcrux. That, too. So, you know, he's got to be like, all right, it's a pretty. Pretty in-depth plan that Voldy has here. Mm -hmm. Very powerful.
0: And I think Dumbledore does have some urgency in here because, like Fudge mentioned, Voldy is one thing. Voldy with support is a whole other problem. A
1: whole different issue.
0: And I feel like Dumbledore realizes the longer this goes on, the worse this gets. And the harder this becomes. And especially at ones like what you said with the Horcrux with the ring and his hand. And now he has a death sentence and now there's a time on him.
1: Right.
0: He's like, well, now it's even more important because I'm not here to delay things as much as I would have liked to be. Like, I can't be a barrier anymore. I can't be that knight in shining armor to be like, oh, I'm holding off an entire army by myself. You go do something. Right. So there's that added pressure, for sure. Yeah. Fudge as an advisor to Rufus. We get that acknowledgement here. We honestly don't see much of Fudge after this. No, that's pretty
1: much his parting.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of Rufus and Rufus alone. We don't even see fudge with Rufus or mentioned with Rufus much after this. Yeah. So you mentioned that it might be more of a transitionary role. <laughs> what do you think happens?
1: Ah, uh, great question. I mean, I would assume he's probably just going to step aside or go somewhere into the, the shadows of the ministry, retires. <laughs>
0: do they think they put him in? So, I mean, he's a former minister of magic. Yeah. He carries weight, whether you're like the guy or not. Yeah. If you're Voldy, you're taking out high-ranking wizards left and right. You'd have to put him in like some sort of witness protection program. Yeah. Or send him to a different country or do something.
1: Right. I mean, he might be kind of like in the same situation that we find Slughorn in. Yeah. Where he's just making his way... To try to avoid the Death Eaters in Voldemort. it would be interesting to see what ends up
0: happening to Fudge. Yeah. If, if I had to take a guess, I think you're right. In the, his role as advisor was brief, just yeah. as a transition. Hey, get you used to how politics run at the ministry. This is who you need to know. This is who you need to, right? This is where you need to go, what you need to be interested in. Here's what you have to watch out for, who you have to watch out for, so and so and so and so. And then he probably fell back and Rufus took over completely. It's just, if I were Voldy, I would want to make sure Fudge is not a potential option, because obviously now Rufus becomes a primary target, right? uh, as we find out later. And Rufus is capable of handling his own, as we find out later. I would imagine if you're targeting the current ma- minister of magic. You'd want to make sure that there's no yeah. easy come up from behind because if Rufus goes down, your natural reaction in wartime would be like, okay, let's go back to somebody that at least has experience in the role and can like transition us to another minister of magic when we find it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get rid of
1: both. Right.
0: I would. I, if I were him, I'd want to get rid of every candidate that yeah could potentially take up a leadership position. You know.
1: But then you gotta wonder, like in Voldy's eyes, like how. Like, if, if uh, Fudge is, like, this disgraced person, like, how valuable is he even going to be to him anymore? Because maybe he's not getting the latest news once he's transitioned sure. out of power. Yeah. So. I
0: guess it's what threat level Voldy puts on Fudge.
1: Yeah. And plus, too, if people have kicked him out of office, they're going to be probably a little less willing to follow him again. So maybe Voldemort just is kind of like, eh,
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So So Molly. Yes. Half-Blood Prince is your favorite book.
1: Favorite book. Why? Oh, man. There's so many. Well, first of all, it's like the last look of Hogwarts that you get.
0: Yeah. Before (laughs) the last
1: book. And kind of coming off of the fifth book, I feel like you kind of get that, like, okay, this might be coming to an end in terms of. Being at Hogwarts. The other thing, too, that I find completely fascinating, and I wish we got way more of, is all of the background on Voldy. I love those chapters where we kind of deep dive into Voldy and his psychology and all of that. Okay. I think it's super fascinating. And then I really like Slughorn, I like that dynamic. Okay. I don't know what it is about him, but I really like it. And um, the whole Horcrux thing comes into light, and you see this huge grand master plan that Voldemort had planned out. It's just a ride. And it kind of really gets, like, it's getting dark and darker and darker, but I feel like this book, you really feel the presence of that.
0: Okay, so this book is not my favorite, and hasn't been my favorite. I'm on the opposite side of this than you. <laughs> uh, I, I will say I do I do like Slughorn a lot as a character. I yeah. think he's a really fascinating, unique character. Um, so I do like that part of it. Um, and there are some aspects that I love. I actually love the tail end of this book. I think the tail end of this book is really fascinating. And it's really good, and it's really pa- it packs an emotional punch. Yeah. Like there's a lot. If I go back and read this book, probably the most I reread is at the, the tail end. The yeah. last few chapters, because it's just a great read. Right. Um, so there is that. There are parts of this book that I really, really love. The parts that I don't love so much. Um, <laughs> I know where
1: this is going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, uh, the, the big thing was I don't love Harry's obsession with Draco. Yeah. So for everything that, like, Julie might have said about Harry in book five, <laughs> about, like, emotional <laughs> angst and his emotional instabilities, yeah. I disagreed with a lot of that because I got where that was coming from. Yeah. Like, I understood that on a very deep emotional level. So that didn't bother me as much because I felt Harry. I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. You should all, like, be listening to me. Yeah. I got that. Here, I'm like, Harry. I get that you're suspicious of Draco. And I even get that your suspicions are right. You're looking at that Marauder's Map all the time. And look, I fully admit, I might be viewing this in a very biased way. <laughs> <laughs> On like some past memories of reading this. It's been a long time since I've read this book. yeah. So it will be very interesting for me to reread this book. And one of two things are going to happen. Either everything I'm saying now about Dr- uh, Harry's obsession with Draco is going to be completely vindicated, and I will feel I will double down on that feeling of like Harry, this is too much. <laughs> like once in a while, sure, keep tabs on him, but all the time. Or the second thing will happen is like, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't as often as I remember, and maybe it's not as bad as I thought. One of those two things is probably going to happen as I reread this book. So it'll be interesting to see where I fall.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I think also, and I know you wanted to talk about this, so I'll lead you into it. But I think part of the reason I have negative vibes toward this book is even not the book's fault. Because there are some great things in this book, like I mentioned. But I have negative vibes towards Harry Potter 6 because the movie. I hated the movie.
1: Interesting.
0: And I hated the movie in the theater on, because when they still had midnight showings on like Thursday night, I'm there. I'm all excited for Harry Potter. I'm like ready for this. This is awesome. There's so much in this book that I want to see on the screen. Yeah. Molly wasn't there.
1: Yeah.
0: So much of the best stuff in this book is not even in the dang movie. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, how, how could you leave this out of the movie?
1: Yeah, I can see your point with that. I was
0: angry. I was angry in the theater. That's the only time I've ever been angry.
1: Okay, I can see your point with that because there are so many great things and cool things and little tidbits you find
0: out in this book.
1: But it's honestly my favorite movie. Oh, of the series. We are
0: so different. I know. Why is it your favorite movie?
1: I just I don't know if it's like Daniel Radcliffe and him coming into more of like.
0: He's good in this an movie. An actor,
1: yeah. but like, he was really fun to watch. And again, I just love that whole dynamic of like Slughorn and Harry and Dumbledore and that whole... I don't know. There's just something about that movie I really like.
0: I like the Slughorn actor. I think you're right. Danny Radcliffe is fine. I don't have any issues with him. I love yeah. the the spider scene with Aragog. And he's yes. like... Yeah. <laughs> like that bit yeah. was fun. That's fine. Um, My issue... Okay, this is my main issue. Obviously, you don't have... this Big spoilers here for the first chapter (laughs) of this book. Big spoilers. But you have a big, massive battle that takes place at Hogwarts towards the end of this book. And you have a funeral that takes place at the end of this book. Yeah. Neither of those two things are shown in the movie. And instead, Molly, what they show in this movie is the burrow... Burning down. Burning down the burrow.
1: And you would think I would hate that.
0: Guess what? It doesn't happen in this book.
1: <laughs>
0: so they put something in that doesn't happen in the book. <laughs> and took out things that actually happen in the book that are important.
1: That's fair. That's
0: fair. And then the burrow is just like totally fine like later on. <laughs> so like yeah, they have the fair. wedding at the burrow and it's just totally fine.
1: Yeah. Which
0: I get it's magic. But at the same time it's like why even burn it down in the first place? <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs>
1: But it's funny because the third movie is my least favorite movie because they add all that extra stuff in that I don't think needs to be long. That's
0: right. a popular conception. The third movie being the worst from oh, a lot I of people. that. I mean... Mostly it's a lot of the Marauder stuff they leave out. Yeah.
1: It's just, I don't know. It's really interesting because, like, if I want to watch Harry Potter, like, if I'm just, you know... I'm not, like, of course I would much rather read the books than watch the movies... But every once in a while you just wanna like curl up on the couch and, you know, Harry Potter night. Mm-hmm. The that mo the sixth movie is the one that I always turn on first.
0: I'll give you it's it's a watchable movie. I just have to disassociate myself with the book issues.
1: I could see that.
0: If I disassociate myself from that, then yeah, it's a watchable movie for sure. Yeah. I, I like a lot of the the Ron and Lavender stuff is hilarious. Oh, my
1: God. It's so funny.
0: I, I'm a big Emma Watson fan because yeah. who isn't? Right. But, I mean, come on. And I thought she was great in the movie. Yeah. Um, doing that little, like, Ron anger mm-hmm. flirtation thing. Like, I I liked that. Yeah.
1: Um, There's something, too, about, like, just, like, the cinematography of that movie that I enjoy. It's got like a... It's like a haze, almost.
0: It's like a dark movie, but with like a golden haze over it for like most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: There's something like like, that attracts me
0: to that. I love the actor that plays Horace Lugorne. I think he does a great job. Oh,
1: yeah. I really like the fifth movie, too, just because the actress that plays Unbridge is fantastic in that role. Yeah, she did a great job. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's just something about that sixth movie that... I'm down for it. We are
0: very opposite Yeah. in this, in the book and the movie. Yeah. But that's fine. That makes a good conversation. So, yeah. like I said, I'm I'm very open to changing some of my opinions, I like, like I have in other books. Like, I've been reading the books, and I'm like, hey, you know what? This character, I think, actually has more depth than I originally thought. Yeah. Like, let's dig into that. Like, with the Wormtail and the Fudge, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. So, and Cho from book five, I think there's a lot more depth there, and she gets a a bad rap for a lot of it so absolutely. um it's it'll be interesting to see I think my target in this book will be that Harry Draco dynamic yeah is it better than I remember or is it actually as bad or worse than I remember yeah. I yeah. think will be my interesting thing and yeah. maybe something else I don't know
1: yeah absolutely I think every time you read the books and you can kind of take yourself out of that oh my god I gotta read the next page you know because it just came out and everything
0: it takes me so long to just read a chapter because I'm like taking notes for this and like yeah. breaking down like, "Ooh, that's an interesting character motivation or Ooh, this little throwaway quote down here is really interesting. Let me write that down. And now all of a sudden it's taking me like an hour to read a chapter <laughs> of Harry Potter, which was never the case. Right. But I love it. That's yeah. why I do it. Yeah. So uh, do you have anything else? I
1: don't. Cool.
0: I think we'll wrap it up there for chapter one. Of Half-Blood Prince. Uh, We will be back for Chapter 2 next week. Molly will be back as well. I
1: sure will be.
0: So uh, we will see you then for Chapter 2. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate all of the support on our socials, on Instagram and Twitter. Please like, comment, repost uh, all of our stuff that we put out there. Participate in the polls. We love getting those poll results. Uh, Yeah, leave a comment on Spotify. And let us know. You might uh, end up with your comment being shared on the podcast. If you want to maybe have your voice on the podcast as well, you can leave us a voice message. That link is wherever you can find the podcast. We also have a support the podcast link where you can donate financially to the podcast. Uh, It's a lot of work to do this. So we really appreciate any support there as well. But thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pod.